But then as time went on, it escalated to, to pills and then to psychedelics and drinking. And then I was living very irresponsibly, stealing from stores, um, burning relationships. And I only sought my own desire. But when I came to Teen Challenge, I found out that there was something bigger than myself. Yeah. Something, well, it's God. <laughs> and I, when I encountered Jesus Christ, that was when everything changed for me. And now it's all about Him now, and it's not about myself. And uh, I'm a graduate from the program. I, I'm staying on a little bit longer as an ELP. So that is all glory to God right there. Now we're going to sing some songs, give some testimonies. Thank you very much for having us at this church. God bless you and have a wonderful day.
Good morning, church. My name is Nolan Jones. I'm 23, and I'm from Sand Springs, Oklahoma. My story starts out a little bit like this. Um, growing up in Oklahoma, you know, I grew up in a real poor, poor area, poor neighborhood, poor town, poor people, poor family. Um, my father took his own life when I was about 16 months old, and my mom and stepdad were drug dealers, and they were both chronic alcoholics. They were very abusive. Um, I remember growing up as a child, if I spoke when it wasn't time to speak, if I did anything when it wasn't time, if I stepped out of place, I was beat. You know, a child was meant to be seen but never heard. And, you know, you didn't talk about your feelings, you didn't talk about how your day was, you didn't talk about what was going on, what you were facing, you just did as you were told. Um, as I got older, you know, I started, started questioning why my mom didn't do anything, why she didn't care about me, and it was, you know, well, maybe if I, maybe if I do more. You know, maybe if I do this, maybe if I do that, and eventually it turned into, okay, if I can keep my stepdad from beating my mom, maybe, maybe then she'll love me, maybe then she'll, you know, stop letting him beat on me. Um, didn't really work out too well. Uh, when I was 11, I stepped in between a fight, and my stepdad ended up breaking my nose, and I ended up with broken wrists that night. But on top of that, he didn't think that was enough. So my stepdad stuck a needle full of methamphetamine in my arm. And my addiction started. My life from there was real confusing. Um, my older brothers had all started to go their separate ways. Um, being the youngest out of four, you know, I always looked up to them and wished that they would have you know, stuck around to protect me, but they, they didn't. And so uh, about this time, you know, I started feeling really alone. I felt abandoned, and I just started living in fear. My life was controlled by my addiction. Um, when I was 13, I got put out and spent about seven months sleeping in a park next to the, the school I attended and managed to play it off for six months that I wasn't homeless, that Everything was fine. School found out they ended up helping me get emancipated. Um, I got my first apartment and job, and uh, I started going through the motions. However, being a star athlete and working 40 hours to pay bills didn't really work, so I did what I knew. I started selling drugs. Um, by the time I was 15, I buried all three of my older brothers, and that really took a, a big blow on me. Um, already feeling alone growing up as it was, now I felt completely alone. All I had was my mom and no other living relatives. And we were never close due to her addiction and uh, I held a lot of bitterness and hatred towards her for a long time. Um, I somehow managed to graduate high school, surprisingly enough. Um, I ended up spending the last six months of my high school career in jail um, for several drug charges. Uh, I got out and was like, you know, okay, no more drugs. So I started drinking, because, you know, why not? Uh, during that adventure, I ended up meeting the woman that would become my wife. Um, 
we ended up getting pregnant. She's from Verona, Wisconsin, so that's how a little southern boy ended up in the coldest place he's ever been. Um, things were great for the first couple of years being up here. I had a beautiful home, a beautiful career, beautiful wife, beautiful daughter, and I blew it. You can only hide an addiction for so long before everybody finds out. When they find out, then you're kind of forced to face the limelight. And in my case, considering I lived a life where I was controlled by fear, everything I did was out of fear. I packed everything that I owned and went back home and walked out on my wife and my six-month-old. Um, spent the last three years of my life in and out of jail. I got involved in the gang life and you know, stealing cars, robbing houses, just whatever it took to feed my addiction and to make myself feel a little less like a piece of crap. And then a miracle happens. For no reason, no explanation, my, my beautiful wife gets a hold of me last November and she, it was weird, she was just being friendly, wanted to know how I was doing, you know, wanted to see me. Um, so we talked for a couple weeks and boom, I go back to jail. Spend a month and a half in jail, get out, and she finally gets a hold of my mom because I was dodging all of her text messages, phone calls, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell her I went to jail again. Um, she ends up coming down to see me for my birthday and we spent a weekend together, amazing weekend. Um, she ended up getting pregnant. We are about to welcome our second daughter into the world in October. Um, needless to say, I've been in the program for a little over a hundred days now. Um, I just got my four-month chip, so I'm a little bit ahead of the program, but you know, I'm still gonna stick it out for the year regardless. Um, you know, this program, it's, it's really an amazing place and I, I say it a lot, you know, living with these guys isn't easy, you know, it's hard. I, and being one of the younger guys in the house, I get picked on, you know, people, people like to mess with me and especially because I'm from Oklahoma, they, they, love, to, they love to make fun of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm left being able to say nothing but thank you because everything that these guys are putting me through and everything that I'm learning from these guys and from the, the people at the center is only going to help me whenever I leave. You know, the world's not an easy place. I know that better than anybody. It'll spit you up, or it'll chew you up and spit you right back out. But these guys are teaching me how to handle my emotions, my feelings, how to be slow to speak and you know take a step back think about things before I before I strike and you know I, I've come to learn from the little time I've been here there are so many people in the world that they miss the mark they miss what God has for them they miss their calling they miss their purpose because they spend their whole life sitting around waiting for a miracle sitting around waiting for some undeniable act of God in their life. Well, you got almost 30 of them standing right in front of you.
the, uh, the scripture I stand on that gets me through, and I mean, I speak it over all the guys all the time, is Psalm 66, 10 through 12. For thou, O God, hast tested us, thou hast refined us as silver is refined. Thou hast cast a net upon our back and laid a heavy burden on us. We have gone through the water and gone through the fire, yet you, O Lord, have brought us out into a place of vast abundance. Guys, keep holding on because our place of abundance is coming. And this is only the beginning. Thank you, church, for having us. Thank you for inviting us here. It's a beautiful church, very beautiful. Thank you so much. God bless you. Uh, my story started a <laughs> long time away. When I only seven years old, I started uh, living. Like, I had to be a man early in, because uh, my father is a responsible father, alcoholic, abused my mom so much. Uh, and time, me and my three brothers, we had to start work to help my mom put food in the table. And uh, it's hard when uh, you grow up, see all the kind of stuff happen in your house uh, because the, al the, the addiction, alcohol, alcoholic, um, drugs, all that kind of stuff. But... So I had a lot of abuse uh, when I'm, sorry, <laughs> it's hard to say because my kids, there. <laughs> but I know, I know, I love you too, guys. I love you so much. So, yeah, I, I started smoking when I only seven, drinking like eight, nine years old. And I scattered, you know, I find drugs in the street because I think the people there love me. But now, nah, I feel love me because it's giving me stuff. But it's destroying my life. Uh, when, when I 12 years old, I decided to leave my house and leave my own in the streets, do all this horrible stuff. And, uh, when I'm 14, I decide coming in here in the United States for new life. This the stuff I have in my mind, you know. I, I gotta go to the United States and, and have my dreams come true. But nothing happened. I follow again the wrong people. Again, drugs, alcohol, all this stuff. But God is amazing. Amen. God is amazing. When uh, before I walk in darkness, I I screaming so many times. I want to die. I don't want to live this life. I, I don't understand. I say why I'm here when I heard the people I love most in my life. I don't want to live anymore. If you real, please kill me or do something. Eight months ago, I called Team Challenge. Team Challenge is a program, amazing program. 
when you find God, uh, your life change. God is the only way we can get through to the better stuff. Because when you live in darkness, it's hard to come out. But the only way is God. God, when you find God, it's amazing. Now I see the life different. I start care about people. I, start, I love people. I love, I love life. Life is great. But the only way it works is when you surrender to God. Everything. You have to put everything in his hand. God promised. And he's never break the promise. He's made to everyone. Right? God is great. And, and I've seen in eight months, my life is changing completely. Like, woo! Yeah! Forty years take me to realize God is real. Believe, faith, obedience, and patience. It's a good one. When you have when you obey and when you have patience, God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, God is with you. But thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting here. And like I say, it's hard to say stop because my kids right there, my beautiful daughter, my beautiful son. Woo! But <laughs> but you know, when you surrender everything to God, God take care of you. God is amazing. So God bless you, everyone. I love everyone in here. God bless you guys. Thank you.
church. Amen. First of all, I want to give the God for glory. Amen. You guys have a beautiful church. If y'all didn't feel that Holy Spirit this morning to worship, I don't know where you guys are at. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It keeps blessing us with these churches, big, small. The Holy Spirit seems to follow us. Um, my story starts off 40 years ago. The enemy attacked me and my family 40 years ago. You know, we didn't have a dis very dysfunctional family. We believed in God, but we didn't do the actions that God wanted us to do. Uh, at the age of six, I uh, got abused. My parents got divorced. You know, as a kid, that young, you don't, you don't understand how why the family's not together. You just want them together. And in that process, you know, got beaten with stenching cords, with irons, with anything that she would grab. I know she was going through a lot of stress. I understand that now, but when at that age, I didn't understand it. And my parents, after they got divorced, they had three kids after they were divorced. So it was back and forth, going to Puerto Rico, to Philadelphia, to New York, Brooklyn. And... I lived that life where you didn't have nothing sometimes. We just had sofa, maybe bunk beds. You know, my brothers were all sleeping in one bed. And being the oldest, I was always set an example. You know, my mother always used to say, you know, if you get out of line, the other brothers are going to get out of line. So I can't let you get out of line. So, like I said, then at that age, I didn't understand it. And uh, once I stopped the beating, when I got old enough to hold her back, she cried over me and let me know that she used to get hit with a water hose and stuff like that when she was young. So uh, when I went out to the streets, I was just a follower, not a leader. You know, I was getting love from friends that I thought they were friends, you know, smoked their weed, started with weed, alcohol, then it escalated to cocaine. And uh, at the age of 16, she had enough and she sent me back to Puerto Rico with my aunt. You know, uh, she showed me how to basically be a man and, and have responsibility, but there was no there was no word of the God there. You know, if I played my baseball, I, that was my dream being a baseball player. 
And once I got hurt, uh, that dream went away and I went back to drugs again at the age of 23. That's the age I got married. I went back to New York and then an uncle here lived in Milwaukee and told me, you come here today, tomorrow you start at work. So I didn't want my kids to have the same life I had in New York because it's a fast life. You know, those, if you're not walking fast enough, those people will run you over. <laughs> so uh, that's how it was. I came today, tomorrow I had a job. But there was never the word of God there. You know, I was raised believing my uncles believed in Jehovah's Witness and my wife believed in her family believed in Catholic. So it was a real, uh, how you call that? didn't understand really the word of God and it was after when she she turned her life in in 2007 you know after I was living my life weekends you know I thought as a father you could just pay the bills or have a good heart with your kids and show them baseball coaching I was coach of their lives all their lives I thought that was good enough for God doesn't want you to be the tail of the house. He wants you to be the head of the house. Amen. And when my wife was pressuring me to be a godly man, I didn't understand that. I didn't want to surrender. She started at the 2007. And I want to just tell you guys who I was praying for, a family member, a friend, even an enemy. We have to have patience, like my brother Fernando said, you know, my wife could have gave up a long time ago with reasons. For her being patient, uh, man, God could move if you let him move. And um, 2010, I got baptized. But then like, we, when we get in that spiritual milk that we were like a baby in the word, uh, the enemy knows how to attack because he knows what, you, what you're capable of. He knows God's plans for you. So they killed my brother at the 2011. Mistaken identity. <clears throat> Let me tell you, there was people trying to give me guns, trying to get revenge. But the little that I learned at that time when I was 2010 to 11, I knew I had to give it to God's hands. And when I did that, he responded. He uh, gave us the results. He gave us the people got caught and all that. And, and following that, um, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> so I went to the wrong route. Instead of looking for God, pressing in more on the word, I went to the wrong route and it escalated. Escalated to pills, to crack, anything I could get my hands on. I've been to mental hospitals. They wanted to diagnose me bipolar. They just wanted to stick me more pills. My, my wife and my kids were firm. No, you're not going to stay there. Because I have a, a history of family members of mental health. And... It's funny because they gave me a Bible and I was reading the Bible while I was in the hospital. And by the third day, the nurses wasn't receiving the, the patients. I was receiving the patients to calm them down and, and, and give them the word there. So at that, that time, I didn't 
understand what was what God really wanted me to do. Now I do. Uh, in 2019, I, I turned myself into Teen Challenge. Uh, I was doing great for three months, but I broke some rules about vaping and, and got caught. They didn't want to receive the discipline. That was one of my weaknesses, the pride. Us Puerto Ricans, we got that pride. So, <laughs> and uh, I left. You know, did good for a while, but then I fell again. And my wife got diagnosed. My mom got diagnosed with cancer. And uh, on February, you know, they gave me that tough love with family. Whether you're gonna go in or or you're gonna lose your family. So I decided to actually surrender. But this time. One of my brothers had told me one time, when you put your two feet in, with your toes down, and you really surrender, God's going to move. And this program allows me to put God in the center of, the, of, of my life, and he's moving right now. Yes. I'm in so much peace right now. Yes. Even though I miss my family, they miss me. Uh, I got a verse here that always helps me. The second of Timothy 4, 5. Stand steady and don't be afraid to suffer for the Lord. Bring others to Christ. Leave nothing undone and you want to do. Right now, that's the way I feel. I can go home, I could be good. But like I was saying before, this program takes all the distractions, phones, friends. Uh, and you can really set, uh, concentrate on the word. And now God has taken down that veil out of my eyes, out of my heart, and I understand everything that I'm reading, and I can see him, I can feel him. You know, the Holy Spirit been moving with all these guys. These are all miracles right here, all different characters. Let me tell you, these guys come in, they are not easy, bro. Sometimes I want to grab them by the neck, but <laughs> God's giving me the strength to hold myself back and just pray for them. Instead of beating on them, I will pray for them, and, and he's moving. So I, I really, really suggest you guys, anybody you have as a friend, family member, or you're praying for them, even the worst one for your enemies, because I know we struggle with the enemies, send them to Teen Challenge or, or program that has faith, because God is a living God, and he knows our hearts, but he don't want us to give 50% of hearts. He wants us to give us the 100% of hearts. He doesn't want your money, your house, your clothes. He wants your heart. That's it. He strengthens the worry and gives power to the one that's weak. And right now I feel like I got a lot of power. But that's for his glory. I just want to read a couple of scriptures. First John 2, 2nd, 17. The world and this desire pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Thank you. Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Lewis. I am 24 years old. And um, 23 years ago, I was adopted from Yekaterinburg, Russia. So I was, uh, I guess you could say, rescued at a pretty early age. Um, I really like the bridge of that first song that you guys sang, My Sin Was Heavy, I Needed Rescue. And we sing a song called Rescue Story by Zach Williams, and I mean, I think that's how all of our stories go. We were rescued 
by Jesus. Um, I grew up in a really loving family and uh, had a really wonderful childhood. Uh, my sister's much older than me, so she moved out early. And um, I struggled to make friends because I was kind of like a, a weirdo. But um, when I got older, I got involved in music and uh, came into a crowd of people that um, started using marijuana at a young age. And I thought, oh, hey, this is an easy way to make friends. And it was. Little did I know those friends weren't real and long-lasting. Uh, my grandfather used to tell me, if you hang with dogs, you get fleas. And I have a very bad case of fleas. So uh, my experimentation with marijuana continued into high school. And then it evolved into using uh, other types of narcotics and eventually alcohol, too. Uh, when I graduated high school, it took me two weeks. Like, my parents gave me a graduation present. They gave me a car. Two weeks later, I crashed that same car in a blackout, didn't know how I got home. And then two weeks later, I was driving under the influence again. Um, so this cycle of, of poor decisions um, started pretty young for me, and um, I felt the consequences quite early. Um, by the time I graduated high school, I had already been to two adolescent treatment facilities for drugs and alcohol. Um, so I thought something was wrong with me, or I knew something was wrong with me. I didn't quite know what, though. I didn't want to believe it was drugs and alcohol, because a lot of us are in denial for a lot of things. My thing was, no, I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm too young. This couldn't happen to me. So um, into my early uh, young adult years, um, I struggled some more. Things started to snowball and grow until um, I went to jail for the first time. And when I was younger and I went to my first like AA meeting, I was like 16 years old. I had got caught smoking marijuana in school. And I walk into this place and there's a bunch of older people that are alcoholics. They're like, why are you here? And I told them, they're like, oh, they kind of laugh. They're like, yeah, we'll let you hang out with us. But, uh, you know, was, I thought maybe, no way I'm like them. And they thought maybe, you know, this guy's got potential. He'll be back. Um, <laughs> little did I know they were planting seeds. Uh, some of those people were Christians and I didn't know that at the time. I've come to know that now. Um, so I went to 12 different secular rehabs, rehabs that are about psychology and counseling, and they don't talk to you about Jesus. And um, I'd also been to AA, NA, different 12-step meetings. Nothing seemed to work to fix this problem I had. Um, I was trying to fill a God-shaped hole with things of the world and uh, trying to fix the problem with things that weren't God, and it wasn't working. Um, so after I uh, kicked a police officer in the face and ended up in jail, I heard about Teen Challenge. And um, I tried it out for a couple months, and I thought, um, well, I didn't think. I, I, I kind of was just separating myself from everyone, like, oh, that's very nice that you guys have Jesus. This is cool that it's working for you, but I'm not going to do that. I left the program for a couple months and something pulled me back. I know that thing now to be the Holy Spirit, but before I was like not having it. So in April of this year, I came to Teen Challenge again. I gave my life to Christ. I was baptized that same April on Easter. And um, nothing... Woo! Yeah! Woo! Nothing has been the same. Everything is different. Everything is new and beautiful. And I'm not addicted to drugs or alcohol anymore.
I used to think that God stopped doing miracles 2,000 years ago, but then I, I got sober with the power of Jesus at Teen Challenge, and still I'm learning new things every day. Um, it's really an incredible place because to be able to give up a year of your life, no obligations, you don't need to pay rent, you don't need to go to job, you can just focus on getting close to the Lord. And, um, and that's so beneficial for me. And um, we have amazing leaders, and I live with all these amazing people up here. And, um, and they're teaching me how to forgive myself, they're teaching me how to forgive them sometimes, and they're teaching me how to love. And, um, and, that, and that's, uh, that's the verse I stand on. I haven't, I haven't quite memorized it completely. I switched it this morning. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 6. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And if there's anything else that's the truth, it's that God can heal anyone of anything. I'm living proof. And um, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for all these guys up here. I'm grateful for you guys for letting us come and share this with you. And um, if anyone needs to know it today, God loves you. And so do we. Thank you all so much. Man, wow, just what powerful testimony is that God has given these, these fellow brothers right here. And I'm so happy and grateful that we have the privilege to stand alongside them. Um, but I just want to say a, a quick few words on how you can support uh, Great Lakes Adult and Teen Challenge. And one of those ways is by coming to our super thrift, uh, donating clothes, uh, hard goods, toys, bicycles, unicycles, you know, missing a, a, lot of, a lot of stuff. You can even donate your car. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we have a, a mechanic shop, so if you want to, if there's a car that you want, don't use anymore and you want to donate it, feel free to do that as well. We have people who can help you. Um, uh, also, um, uh, you can come by to our Super Thrift. Uh, you can shop there. We would love to have you. We'd love to see you there. Uh, and if it's something that you're interested in, come on, stop by. It, that, would, that would be cool. Um, but one, the one thing that definitely helps the most is prayer. And yes, yes, yes. Prayer is really effective uh, for helping um, the, uh, my brothers, myself, and everyone else. Uh, so if you guys can uh, keep us in prayer, that, yes, that would be yes. very nice. Thank you. Yes. Um, but with that being said, that's, those are the ways that you can support uh, Adult Teen Challenge. Thank you very much for having us, and we're going to sing one more song, and God bless you. Thank you.